is what camp's about. Who's with me? Keep telling your little story. What was that? Hello? Hello? Can anybody... Time for you all to leave. Hey! Clearly this group has no respect for my lab. Oh, Bumpy. Gave it a name that's precious. We're on our own. We've lined up exclusive behind-the-scenes tours of Jurassic World. Ooh! Yes! Dinosaurs? Plenty of dinosaurs. So, ready for an adventure? Absolutely! But I'm gonna need that speech a little shorter and really try to lean into the majesty of this place. <laughs> okay, we're going now. Let's get the six of you to camp. So today we're going to begin our journey to cover all eight episodes of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous before season two hits. And we're going to go episode by episode and break down absolutely everything that we can. We're going to check out some audio from the episodes and uh, we're going to give you all of our thoughts and insight from the series from start to finish. And uh, today I brought on a good friend and somebody who I know was really into the show and has watched it a bunch of times already. (laughs) And that is uh, Mr. Stephen Ray Morris. How are you doing, Stephen? Good, Brad. It's good to chat. It's it's been a minute since I've sat with Camp Cretaceous, so it's kind of <laughs> nice. It was kind of nice to go back and because we're getting season two so soon. I know, I know that <laughs> that was my thought process. I'm like, oh my god, it, it sprung up on us, and here it is. Season two is coming up, you know, within a month. And I I had intended to do all these 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 episodes and everything. I'm like, oh my god, it has to happen now if I'm going to do it. So, well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's an interest. Do you think that they? Because you know, I feel like the common knowledge or like the common thing is that like, of course, they did both of these seasons at the same time. Like, yeah, there's no way they could turn this around. Like, they announced that they you know they wait till after the weekend to be like okay mm-hmm. like we're gonna do a season two like colin's yeah. interviews on friday were so funny he's like i don't know if people want it it's like <laughs> uh but i obviously for like i don't know i guess it's like good vibes or like you know like uh, you know it's just like let's not announce this before you know i i, yeah. I understand that there's like um what is it not taste but like decorum or something sure and i know like netflix is typically good about at least giving shows two seasons you know for the most part and then these dreamworks Mm -hmm. episodes or dreamworks shows i feel like are even a little bit more different where they just they just do like nine seasons and you're like wait what how do we get here it's only been three years (laughs) uh i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) so i expect that you know who knows maybe we'll get a a few seasons this year i i don't know i hope so but season two is at least upon us well, and yeah, so season two is coming. Yeah, I mean, just I wonder because that it almost seemed like as far as like spacing it out, you know, because we're mm-hmm. not getting Dominion. Sure. So it's like you think they would almost like have waited till March or like they could have, <laughs> you know, it almost seems yeah. it's like it's that thing of like, I think people were feeling it a little bit between The Last Jedi and Solo mm-hmm. where it was like we ba- we barely had like we had like five months to like turn yeah. around and get excited for something new. <laughs> I don't necessarily feel that way about Camp Cretaceous because the first eight were so good yeah, and it yeah. felt like one movie. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. But I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I got to remember to get ready because it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming right up. Yeah. And it covered so much ground that we've already done for the most part. You know, we've already treaded over a lot of that. And now season two, yeah. we're going to get into some, some brand new territory, some new stuff we've never done before, I'm assuming. Uh, and that's really, really exciting, you know, to do something yeah. brand new um and and to see what um and to see where the remaining toys fit into place if they (laughs) like i feel like it's like take your bets you know like yeah which i know which of the toys that we got like are now finally because we've already seen some of them in the trailer i don't want to spoil them i mean i mean well yeah that's that's the thing let's try to keep this as if we don't know what the future holds like for episode one and episode whatever you know so that's the hard part is like there's a lot of reveals and things in these and it's not like we're doing this right after seeing episode one this is many months after so we'll do our best to try not to spoil it just in case i guess you're following this episode by episode um but uh, i'm sure you've already (laughs) seen it um and yeah, the toy thing you just mentioned is interesting. I know that Spinosaurus just recently popped up, which I'm sure you've seen that new one. Yeah. And I, I, I'm taking a, a keen look at that eye, the eyeball that's on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that looks very animated to me. It looks nothing like the other <laughs> two Spinosaurus that came before it. Is there a chance that it's in the show? <laughs> I mean, I mean, once we get into the very first episode, it's uh, using a JP3 thing. 
mm. in the very first episode to me is almost like a flex of like you know it's the equivalent of you know spoilers for the mandalorian but like in the very first episode they bring in a character from a random book from six years you know what i mean it's like yeah i i, yeah. I feel it makes to me that's why i really like camp cretaceous because even if it isn't directly referencing things or or you know pulling things back in from other movies it, it yeah. feels like it's still living in that world like they know mm-hmm. the events of all this stuff happened like it it, it feels it, real it's doing something that the movies the two new movies haven't necessarily done is acknowledge you know the sequels too much and this one like you just said right off the bat it acknowledges jp3 and that's pretty cool that's that's pretty interesting yeah. Um, so getting into the episode itself, this one is actually, um, a self-titled episode. This one is just titled Camp Cretaceous. <laughs> and I've actually, I don't even think I've even looked at the titles of these episodes until now. So this is all brand No, new. no, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, <laughs> played it like one movie. I was like the first yeah. episode. Oh, it's like an album. Camp Cretaceous. <laughs> so, uh, give me your, your just overall thoughts. Uh, what, what did you think about the episode going in and, and how do you feel about it? I mean, I think the first episode is really, you know, I, I, I maybe am somebody, the more I watch it, the more I feel like maybe the whole blue uh, Raptor pen sequence is more like, as far as lore goes, like more confusing, but mm-hmm. you know, and it's almost like, well, we got to get blue in here somewhere, but <laughs> in a way it's like, it's, it's a good enough introduction, you know, it kind of gets it out of the way. But I, I mean, to me, this, the star of the, first episode i mean is the characters you i mean it really yeah. focuses. you know we see a few dinosaurs you know we we, uh, we have that herd sequence but truly it's like the kids are I, I feel like they did a great job making the kids interesting and compelling and the willy wonka angle makes sense like miss ronnie you know in jurassic world he's he's dressed in purple he's willy wonka so mm. you know and it kind of following from yeah. john hammond so it, to actually do the like golden ticket but in a modern <laughs> way I think was like a very clever, clever way to, you know, get us into the park, essentially. I I loved that. I was like, oh, my God, this is like a mix of like Willy Wonka or like Ready Player One or something like that. It's like yeah, really yeah, getting yeah. you in via like a prize, you know, a winning a prize or something. And that's really cool. I didn't expect that's how, you know, uh, the char- one of the characters would at least get to the island. Well, and yeah, and I do like the breadth to me, this feels like the like a very realistic batch of what kids would go to something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, you and I, we we we're the Brooklyn's. You know, we're <laughs> you know, um, like, can you imagine? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how we would get there because Jurassic Park wouldn't exist in a universe where Jurassic Park was real. So I don't know what we'd be influencers of then. <laughs> yeah, but that's very true. I guess we have like dinosaur blogs or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> or so or oh probably like because you know you're a big theme park guy and it's like mm, yeah. i bet in i bet in the real world there would be this thing of like oh there were rumors of this park that had dinosaurs coming oh. back like theme park bloggers and stuff would be all over like trying to get to Isla the like i love that if like i could totally see that being a thing um, yeah. And then, of course, rich kids and kids <laughs> whose parents work for it. Like, I yeah. really like to me that fleshes out the universe of Jurassic Park because like the idea that there's all kinds of people. So like down mm-hmm. to like people who work, people who work in does Sammy's. Fa- we learned that Sammy's family makes all the beef for the park. Yeah. I wonder, is she, does she supply her family? Do they supply the sharks, too, for the Mosasaur? Like, or is that know. a different company? You know, like. <laughs> Like it's that to company. me, like as far as like again talking about the how they kick off this show, I think mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think we're giving it enough credit for how it really kind of like sets up a world where it's it's Jurassic World beyond just our main the main you know um, Owen and Claire you know there's like yeah. a whole root like the whole real thing going on. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was that was really surprising to me that they 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 had confidence in this cast of characters and their setting and their story to do their own thing. And that was, that was pretty brilliant. I love that. Um, yeah. And it, it kicks off in, in, in a very, very interesting way, which I want to cover here. Um, so let, let me take a, a listen. Let's take a listen to this audio real quick. Cause I think it's, it's kind of interesting and I want to get some of your thoughts on it. So uh, here it is. Jurassic one, Jurassic one, come in. This is 
Peninsula Nublar base. Over. Go Jurassic 1. Emergency. Hostiles in pursuit. Two friendlies in need of immediate extraction. Roger that, babe. On our way. We can't stop here! Follow me! Get to the chopper. <laughs> Get to the chopper now. It's so good. It's so good. That that moment is is so Jurassic, man. It is so like just listening to that audio, I hear those raptors squeals and, and sound effects that I love. You hear that running that that raptor uh you know theme that comes from Jurassic Park. So you you know the terror is right around the corner. Um but the, the interesting thing about it is it's a it's a video game. What? Like, <laughs> I, that's not anything that I ever expected. Like, when you when yeah. you started this episode, did you expect that this would kick off and be the introduction uh, of a video game? I don't – well, no, certainly not. But it was interesting just because, you know, keeping up with all the speculation. I think it was Chris Pugh on – in general was saying something about maybe there being some sort of – way to show dinosaur action without because i think at at some point i knew that the structure of it would you know of the series you know goes into a direction where things break down so i was like well how are they gonna you know are the first couple of episodes just gonna be them camping and having a good time which yeah it sort of is but so i think that was like you know it was a very clever way to open the series without having to actually like create fake danger or something like that you know in the mm. in a sense and you know again it's like on the screen we see isla sornum yeah and like what are these green raptors and all <laughs> of a sudden it's the the raptor flute and yeah you know it, it, it you know a very um like do you think that the game designers knew Muldoon and were like you know to like pay respects you know that yeah. they designed this character as like a sort of um idealized version of Muldoon and yeah, again, Green Raptors, what's happening here, like, it, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I think they had to have had at least Muldoon in mind there. Um, one of the things that that really threw me off the second I hit play on the show was that, you know, and you just mentioned it, the Sorna map. And at that moment, you, you're looking at the Sorna map and the radar and the dots on the radar and all that. <laughs> and then the guy on the radio is like, Jurassic 1, this is Isla Nublar 1 or base or whatever. And I'm like... What? Wait, what's happening? Well, what is happening? I'm so, so confused. I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing you and Aaron talking about this. Yeah. Um, and my question, I guess, is, and it again, it brings like a bigger lore question. It's like, how in contact were Sorna and Nublar? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you when you watch Jurassic Park, obviously they didn't know Sorna was a thing yet. But like, sure. r- realistically, like, were the two places self-sufficient or was it kind of like you know, uh, office, like, uh, rec ball teams where it's like, Oh, you, there's the Isla Sorna people. And like, (laughs) you know, like emails back and forth, like, you know, I'm going to need that Raptor delivered by, you know, tomorrow. Otherwise, you know, so to me, it's like, well, if the two islands are very much in contact with each other, then it makes sense that maybe there's like a Nublar base of operations or something Mm -hmm. that watches over both islands or something, you know, something like that. But, you know, we don't we don't know any of that, so it sort of is. We're like, whoa, what's happening? You know, we're just excited for the reference. You know, exactly. Like, I was, what is it? What does it mean? You know, I was super excited that Sorna popped up, and my mind is racing because I'm not expecting a video game. I'm not expecting anything like that. So my mind's racing, and then I hear a guy say Nublar, and I'm like, wait, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like communication back and forth. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I appreciated the video game intro and the fact that like. Hey, it cuts right to Darius's bedroom. This kid, right away, visually, you know that he is 
just a huge fan. He is one of <laughs> us, you know? He's got that's Jurassic our, stuff. That's our bedroom growing yeah, up. Exactly. He's got Jurassic stuff everywhere and, like, literally, like, Jurassic World assets, like, all over his, his room and posters and stuff like that. Um, we get a quick ref- reference to, like, the fact that maybe his dad is no longer around and, like, that made yeah. me really question. I'm like, well, what's happening here? Um and and basically, after a few minutes, he he talks with his brother and stuff like that. And his brother's like, "No, like you're never gonna win this game." Like Darius is like really <laughs> trying to win the game. And then he wakes up with this brilliant idea, which you were just kind of talking about, is the fact that somewhere in the bone, a pile of bones, is is a Velociraptor resonating chamber. And that was like, that's amazing. That is yeah. so cool. Well, yeah, and the fact that he is looking through Grant's. A book mm. as well too to get the answers or yeah. i don't is that i forget I, is that is that not explicitly stated in the show because i have the there's the junior novelization <laughs> with me i've got mine right there um, i should grab it um i i don't know it, it's stated that uh they have like grant and ellie and stuff like that on like blogs and and or whatever on like you know threads online or something I, I just assume maybe that that is Grant's book because where else is he getting that information? You know? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Because in in the in the junior novelization, it actually names that he owns books by Sattler, okay, Malcolm, yeah. and Grant, which sure. to me is like um, interesting. Again, from like a if if people didn't take this show seriously, it's like the, this is like our first mentions of Grant and um, Ellie back in canon since like, I mean, we saw them fly off into the sunset in JP3 and they're never yeah. really, neither character, you know, Malcolm, you see his book in Jurassic World. He shows up in Fallen Kingdom. But you don't actually hear any tidbits about what Sattler and Grant are up to. And it's like, here's mm. our first mentions. Like if we're to like do a timeline of Grant and Sattler, like, yeah, you know, 20 uh you know 2019 or what or i guess no 2015 yeah they're these are their books and they're out you know or whatever yeah it so makes like, sense it, it tracks too you know like that's what they would be doing they i i don't think they would give up on anything just because they've had some bad experiences they'd still continue writing their books and uh you know r- putting posts on whatever blog they're they're, yeah, they're yeah. working on you know <laughs> so it all makes sense um but he uses it to his advantage and he uh he actually uh, wins the game, and it was actually a really cool moment because, like, you get these these raptors attacking the T Rex in in a classic, you know, Jurassic Park style. The chopper comes in, and then you you get Mister DNA saying like, "You won, you know, you can come down <laughs> to Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous," and it's pretty it's pretty awesome to get like that's a good that's a good Mister DNA. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, it's just it's just a nice like cool throwback uh, to that, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that the well, Mr. DNA is here. Well, that that was my thing. I was wanting that I was telling you before we started recording was in Jurassic Park. John Hammond says like the score is only temporary. Yeah, but I but I love the idea that somewhere that Jurassic Park animation that they watched was something that would you go to Jurassic Park you would watch. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the idea that Miss Ronnie like. It just makes me think of like what assets did Miss Ronnie's like or whoever worked from did they comb through the ruins of Jurassic Park and they're like oh we're gonna use Mr DNA in yeah. our modern marketing you know like I I find that fascinating you know because like uh, Lowry you know bought a shirt on eBay and he mm. seemed to be you know scolded for that but then there are other you know and even the Camp yeah. Cretaceous gates gates and stuff uh-huh. they use the sort of uh, classic Jurassic marketing. I mean, it's just an interesting question of like, I love the idea of um, whoever was yeah. charged with bringing, you know, the actual operation that would have taken to clean up Nublar and then to build Jurassic World must have been so fascinating because it's like stumbling across the old park. Like, yeah. oh, this is interesting. We love this logo. Let's use it. You know, like <laughs> all that stuff to me. That is that is the most amazing thing that we all – I feel like we all want that as something. Like if they're going to make their own version of The Mandalorian, it has to be this moment in time is like rebuilding and, and you know, wrangling up all the dinosaurs and, and stumbling upon some Mr. DNA T-shirts in the gift store at Jurassic Park. You know, like how cool would that be to be like, oh, that's a cool asset. We should use that later on down the road. I mean <laughs> – yeah, those graphic designers are tired. They're underpaid. Like, yeah. they're like we're just going to reuse anything we can find from the original park. Like, yeah. Well, and it's it's funny. Yeah, you, that 
truly the time I mean, we're getting a little off topic here, but like <laughs> truly that time between Jurassic Park three and uh, between Jurassic Park three and Jurassic World is like there's there's so much happening there and you could even like tie in things to uh, Fallen Kingdom and Dominion in a sense. You could have bios mm-hmm. and stuff happening then you could have. <clears throat> Uh, you know, legislation, you know, yeah. volcano reactivate like that period Seriously. or not reactivating, but like the first sign. Well, probably not the first sign, but anyway, who knows? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, Food I don't know how thought. volcanoes work. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and play our next little audio clip here. Kayaking, rock climbing, obstacle courses, and of course, dinosaurs. Yes, D- Darius, plenty of dinosaurs. So, ready for an adventure? Absolutely, but I'm gonna need that speech a little shorter and really try to lean into the majesty of this place. (laughs) Okay, we're going now. Let's get the six of you to camp. Uh, there are five of us. Wait, Dino Kid, Trackstar, Internet Girl, Barfy, Texas. He's right, we're six. My dudes, Kenji is here, so let the party commence. <laughs> oh, Kenji. Kenji. <laughs> so uh, that was basically the, it was like the, the dock on Isla Nublar. They arrived by boat. And that's our first introduction to Dave and Roxy and uh, and all the kids as well. So uh, I, I love that scene. And it, it's a it's a good introduction for for Dave and Roxy, at least. And, and Kenji, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only thing that is disappointing to think about is that if this is a Willy Wonka analog, then it would have been cool to have Masrani there. Sure. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I yeah. can, it's fine without it. You know, I don't think like the move, like it's worse for wear or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, if they were trying to do, if you know, if they wanted to extend the Willy Wonka metaphor a bit more, I mean, it's not really that important because we just need Darius <laughs> to get there. Yeah. So we don't need to like mel- milk it too much. Cause we know what happens. But like you know, it, it, there that I had that, that one thought. Uh, but um, my question to you is: Were were Dave and Roxy were they hired because they are camp counselors in like in another world or like in another <laughs> place? Were they like Some camp other... counselors at the San Diego Zoo doing the like the roar and snore where you can spend the night, you know, and overlook the savannah, or were they people who worked? in a different department at Jurassic world and sort of like we're huh. recruited internally. I don't know why I, I, I don't know why that's where my <laughs> thought went, but I was just like, how, cause you know, as we continue in the episode, you know, they are trained with, you know, cattle prods for the compi yeah. and you know, like what, like, I don't feel like it would feel like camp Cretaceous is supposed to be the best is or they want it to be like the best summer camp in the world. Like I don't feel like you would just hire externally. I feel yeah. like it would be people who know Jurassic World. Yeah, I definitely feel like they they certainly know the park. Like you're saying with the cattle prods, they they capture you know a dinosaur real quickly. Um, but there's a lot of like gaps in the training somewhere along the road. Yeah. Um, but I I I like the idea that they were just like something else like they worked in like the petting zoo or something like that and they just guest like, hey. relations you yeah know? like guys we need you you got to move over here it's like i don't like kids but i gotta do this yeah, anyway yeah. like but i i like that idea and dave is somebody that um i don't think you had the chance right for a jurassic world live tour it never made its way no, out no. that way but there's a character in there that is essentially dave and i love it that jurassic world just employs all these like yo let's play let's do some fun stuff here at jurassic world and it's so fun um so i feel like they they cater to to the fans a lot with with these characters these fun characters it's it's good i mean he, I mean, he fits the perfect vibe of like, <laughs> you know, they, they they are like the perfect like prototypical camp counselors, you know, oh, totally. the one who's like trying way too hard, <laughs> and then the other one who's like cool because they like yeah. throw a bag back at a kid, you know, they don't care. And that you know. that is that is in my notes right here that that 
Kenji throws the bag, and I laugh so hard when Roxy just chucks that bag right at, <laughs> right back at him. And it is yeah. so funny to me because she's not taking any, you know, of their junk. She's just like, no, no, I'm the can- the counselor here. Take your bag. I don't care if you're a rich kid or not. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's how they get respect amongst the kids, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't take. Shit. Yeah, but yeah, it just makes it just made me think of like. You know, because they say, you know, right after this, you know, there's going to be like 150 kids or 300 kids or something like that. Oh my God. Eventually, yeah. like, I'm like, wow, that's, I mean, they, that was an incredible, it seemed like Jurassic <laughs> World was like really trying to like up the ante in 2015 when it all went wrong. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. new dinosaur <laughs> exhibits, uh, this whole new well, camp, summer camp thing that they're trying out. Like there was a lot on the table and then it all fell, you know. I guess I guess that kind of makes sense because that is the premise of Jurassic World is that, you know, kids and people don't care about dinosaurs. So, like, how do we make them care? Let's I guess let's set up a a camp where maybe we make them care like we force them to care. Like we'll take them out on these excursions. We'll do all this fun stuff. And then we'll we'll, we'll let them realize that this is a good fun place, you know. You know, what would be amazing would have been amazing if they had done a viral video. Do you remember? Do you remember like the whole like we're going to Disneyland like where they wake you know like there's videos on YouTube of like yeah. kids being woken up like at three in the morning like yeah. that happened to me like as a kid like going to oh, Disneyland for the man. first time I didn't have to get up that early because I I lived like <laughs> you, ten yeah, minutes away there, from you're, Disneyland you're growing up but um, <laughs> what if there was a viral video of like you know being like hey son wake up you know <laughs> Sally wake up we're going to Jurassic World you know and it's like them tired and it's like from the viral cam like I love that. <laughs> And, but, like, and then um, the kid, the kid wakes up and he's like, "I just don't care about dinosaurs anymore." You know, yeah, like, yeah, in exactly. that time. <laughs> well, then Claire turns kid. off the television. She's like, "This is why we have to create the Indominus Rex." No. <laughs> oh um, god. Um. So the kids, the kids take a, a, a truck ride. You you get to learn all about these characters. Like, and I appreciate that they're not necessarily just sh- like telling you they're actually showing you via all these interactions between the characters like you know you learn about brooklyn and her brooklanders and that she's got like 27 (laughs) million followers and like she's the only one allowed to have a phone i i my mind's blown and like she's really really which i think is interesting i I don't know if uh is it in this episode or or one of these two episodes coming up here she's very very bummed about you know, losing a few followers. So um, I believe that's in the next episode. But yeah, okay. it's, I mean, it fits perfectly with the theme of how Jurassic World is like mm. culturally not as cool anymore. So it makes sense to have a character almost experiencing a similar. She's almost sure, like sure. the park itself in a way, yeah, you yeah, know, that's, that's having good, to deal with that. That's a good comparison. Um, so we get uh, a dinosaur crossing the road turns out to be a copy i mean like they, they ramped up the tension it attacks darius <laughs> and they basically put a blanket over it they're like hey, come here little cute guy you're fine let's put you <laughs> in the crate um but they you get that beautiful moment where they drive through the camp cretaceous gates and uh it's it just it's all that awe and inspiration that you want from jurassic park right there in this show uh they've got the music they've got just this beautiful looking gate it was it was awesome oh man it's i mean anytime they use that theme but it feels like so – I mean, it's it's always used so well. I mean, I would feel that way too. I mean, the mm-hmm. gates – like, that's an impressive, like, show, you know, yeah. like, as an entrance to, to Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. You know, imagine them carting kids in there every summer, and it's just like, whoa, <laughs> you know. They, I, like, I, they – I bet they would even try later to even have, like – I could see Miss Ronnie being like – see if we can get some dinosaurs to kind of be closer, you know, so that you get the full yeah. spectacle. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that whole compi attack wasn't like planned. Like Ms. Ronnie's <gasps> on the side. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to open up this gate and let it out right now. And they'll, they'll think it's all a, a you know, a loose dinosaur, you know, going, going to get them. It's a trained yeah. compi. Owen spent a lot of time on the side, just yeah. training this compi to jump on one of the kids. <laughs> the kid's a plant. It's like, hi, I'm a stunt double, you know, like, <laughs> It's like totally like somebody just planted in the audience, you know, like yeah, yeah. again, like at any of the, <laughs> yeah, at any you know, Universal Studios or you know anything for like sure. Um, so the camp itself, they arrive at the camp, and uh, 
It's pretty it's pretty impressive. I know we got some glimpses of it before the show actually debuted with some images and of course on a lot of the artwork for the toys and stuff. We were wondering like is this going to look like this? How that's really really interesting and completely different than any of the aesthetic <laughs> that we see in Jurassic World. So that was that was pretty amazing. You've got these, you know, you're, you're kind of like back on it feels like you're back on Sorna, right? You've got the yeah, yeah. woods and everything and you've got this massive trees and and up top is all these 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 uh, you know, camp vessels up there where you can stay for the night i guess it's cool did you ever uh, did you ever go to summer camp i've never gone to a summer camp where you stay overnight i've only gone no like, me neither and i just it, it that's one of the reasons why i was looking forward to the show so much because like that to me is like such an ideal mm-hmm. you know the the sort of summer camp experience you know think the parent yeah. trap or even like um, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, adam's family or something but like yeah any, or, um heavyweights you know it's just like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff like the summer camp thing is something i never had so like this is the most idealized coolest like you know again up in the trees and again it's that thing of like in a way subtly kind of showing this sort of genetic might mm-hmm. of this theme park where they can literally be like we're gonna switch because when I when I worked at Disneyland that was right when California Adventure opened up and oh. they talked about how they genetically engineered trees to like shift from one biome in California Adventure to the I mean it's all different now California Adventure but uh-huh. at the time when it was just about California like they said that like the trees and like the plant life would subtly shift to as you went to different areas oh, man, that's awesome and I feel like and I feel like Jurassic World would have that same attention to detail the idea that you're going from jungle to redwoods like that oh, is, totally. that is like such a powerful like we can literally reshape the landscape and like now we're going to be in, you know, cause it's summer camp. So you want it to be mm-hmm. in the forest, you know? So yeah, it's just and very impressive. That's, I guess that's why they utilize all that aesthetic with the, like the, you were talking about the wood gates and everything before. It's just, I love how it kind of references Jurassic, but it does its own thing. Um, and I want to, it's a little side tangent here, but all of these kids are coming to the park and I don't know if you've been following this whole like date, shenanigans as far as like what is the date for jurassic world like when did it actually take place but um the other day camp cretaceous for season two uh released um like a a little video on social media that showcased somebody's phone like a parent getting an alert and the date said jen uh december 22nd and i'm like all right that's three days before christmas they're gonna send all these kids there like Okay, um, and then another date popped up in oh, a VR game that that was just out, and I think it was December twenty eighth. So it's like, what day? What is happening here? Do you get any well, sense of I what mean, time time it is here? Well, yeah. Well, and Colin has said right that it is after Christmas. But he said a week New after. Year's. He said a week. To me, after, that makes yeah. the most sense because it's like. You know, and I've done a lot more. Well, obviously not this year. I've done a lot more traveling around the holidays in the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, Because my dad just likes to, you know, get out of town or whatever. And to me, Jurassic World, it's that thing of like the holiday music is still playing, but the decorations are coming down. Mm -hmm. Because like I went to the um, to the Honolulu Aquarium one year. And that was like again post Christmas, okay, kind of thing. And it was like, yeah, like the the Christmas stuff is on sale in the store, <laughs> you know. But maybe the music is still playing. Yeah, I don't know. To I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually seen those two. I've kind of stayed away from aftermath because I want to experience it myself. Sure, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, but um, the dates interesting. always. The dates are always interesting to me because you've got people that are apparently looking at the phases of the moon and deciphering that the phase of the moon during Whoa. Jurassic World says that it's December 18th. Uh, and then, oh, and then wow. this text message thing says Impressive. the 22nd. The game says the 28th. What is happening? But I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that a bunch of kids are going there really close to Christmas with no family. So I'm very sad for them. <laughs> at least they can stay in a nice place. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too, because if it's before Christmas, so they had the intention of having them be there over Christmas. That doesn't I guess, sense yeah. And if it's after, yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. Well, but and we're the, the episodes that um, I'm covering with you, they I mean, this is sort of going beyond just talking about these two episodes, but it's 
it's like it's even debated how much time is between this and then when like mm-hmm. the events start to line up with sure. Jurassic World, you know. Yeah. Or it's a, like to me it's a little bit more vague, you know. For sure. Or at least it it felt vague, but then again like rewatching it I was like, "Oh, he f- solves the game in the same night." Like for some reason in my head I yeah. I felt like maybe he went to bed and woke up the next day, but he kind of just I mean obviously just for the Yeah. You know, getting to the island it's the it's the same day you know or the same night or whatever yeah uh so let's take a listen to our our next audio cue because darius is uh he's ready man he's ready (laughs) wait oh man i really wanted to get a closer look at that compi i like your enthusiasm darius but right now it's claiming a bunk time so you know go claim a bunk but it's the first dinosaur i've ever seen in person and i mean we're here to see dinosaurs so Oh, the day is not over, buddy. <laughs> There's Brachiosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Stegosaurus, and Kylosaurus. Wow, you really do know your stuff, Dino Nerd. Check out the Brachiosaurus. <laughs> they don't have those here. Common mistake. <gasps> Are those Cynoceratops? When did you get those? They are cooking up all kinds of new dinos in that lab. Whoa, where are they herding them to? They're herding them back to their nighttime enclosures. Enough banter! It's zipline party time! (laughs) (laughs) It's zipline party time! (laughs) Have you been ziplining? I have, yeah. And I was concerned these kids are not wearing helmets. What's going on? <laughs> I, I know. I yeah. I went ziplining in Costa Rica, like right when I graduated from high school. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying, but it, it's very realistic in this how you are mm-hmm. like over large. I mean, you're not obviously about to hit a dinosaur head, <laughs> yeah, dino. brachiosaurus head, but um, you know the the heights are the you know uh-huh. you know like that. You, like I was zooming over like 200 foot valleys, like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You remember? Um, there was a Photoshop going around of people. It's like a really tiny photo. It's like 270 by it's of like people not ziplining, but like hanging from trees and the Spinosaurus is like just lurking behind them. <laughs> it's somebody Photoshopped the JP three Spino. Oh no, I don't think I've seen that. That's my, my kind of stuff. Right me, there. <laughs> I'll find it and send it to you. But it was one of those things of like, it made me think of it. Cause it's like, yeah. Cause at the, um, at the San Diego Zoo, they have or the Safari Park, they have ziplining and stuff mm-hmm. as well too. But um, I mean, it's all like it's such a perfect summer camp, you know. It's yeah, it's it's also realistic too. I I like the way that they kind of circumnavigated too as well, because obviously Darius is like he's the one person who's like us, who's like, oh my god, you're at Jurassic mm-hmm. World, whereas everyone else, it's like. You know, it's almost like the 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 black market thing of like, aren't the prices too low for dinosaurs? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but not. I mean, you know, it, it's like, what are you gonna do? You know, it's almost like yeah. it's it's like an old grand piano. Like people give away p- giant grand pianos for free on Craigslist because they don't want to pay to move it. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Um, so I I like that the kids they they're constantly kind of giving you. It, building into their characters like why like this isn't as much of a big deal for them like if you have parents that work for the park you know it's just like parents of celebrities like they're not gonna Colin Hanks isn't being like oh it's Tom Hanks it's like no that's my dad <laughs> you know and so it's like it, it, I I like that they've created this dynamic where you understand that not like that the rest of the characters in varying degrees like Sammy's like oh my you know I have a tangential connection you know, so I finally get to invest, you know, I, f- I finally yeah, get to see yeah. this place. Um, you know, Ben, his parents, you know, work for the park or whatever. So it's just like, uh, you know, this, he just knows about this. So he's probably just like, ugh, like the thing my parents yeah. do, you know, Kenji, his, uh, his dad, I don't think his dad, do you think his dad works for the park or do you think his dad is like an investor that just is like a, like a prized client, you know? So they yeah, give him he- like. He probably yeah he's probably an investor or or something like that because it's just like board he's member got, he's got you know a bazillion places all around this island or something like that like yeah I don't know I 
that that was never very clear to me. But everybody else has that that investment. I feel like. And yeah, you're right. They're probably just sick and tired of hearing about it. Like parents come home and they're like, <laughs> I mean, you know how much meat I moved today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Yasmeen, I love the idea of like Jurassic That's World cool. being like a corporate sponsor of things. Because like mm-hmm. in high school, I ran the LA Marathon and we, not to brag, um, <laughs> but like they had they had programs like that. We, we had a program where all these businesses basically sponsored kids to run the, uh-huh. to run these races and stuff. So it was like, you know, our races and stuff were paid for by like Nestle or, you know, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's like, again, I love that's the, to me, that's the most exciting thing about the TV show. And I forget if you were saying this on the pod or before, but like, what are we going to do when we have like six seasons of this? And it's like all that information, all that lore, like that's going to be almost like the bedrock of, of Jurassic lore in a way. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be six seasons. Yeah. I mean, it's already, it's already hard enough keeping up with one season, you know, eight episodes worth of uh, new information. So I can't imagine like at some point, do you just say like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. You know, (laughs) it's like, I mean, the the Clone Wars is like six, seven seasons of, of information with 20 something episodes. You're like, I don't, I can't take it all in, you know? Yeah. Well, and, I think that's like the thing why the Mandalorian is equally in this conversation a little bit, Mm -hmm. because it's how do you, you know, sort of acknowledge everything around it while still being its own story. And I think Kim Cretaceous, I mean, you know, as it goes along, I think it does such a great job of, again, I think like the Mandalorian, I think it successfully weaved in stuff, you know, and it, in Kim Cretaceous's, uh, specific example it's much more focused it's just like mm-hmm. this thing happens on the same day as this sure uh but but in a way like we've been talking about this whole episode really it's the kids like who who i think they were really smart to make these kids interesting and give them all very compelling and dynamic yeah reasons for being there and for their attitude towards dinosaurs i think it's almost like the original jurassic park where such a most of the beginning of Jurassic Park, like the first half hour is just being like, here's the premise. Here's how it works. And then the rest of the movie, it just sets us off on the ride. Mm. So we don't have to think about, wait, how did dinosaurs work? How did they come back? Like, we're not thinking about any yeah. of the logistics of the park at all anymore after, you know, after all the setup and everything mm. like that. And I think maybe Camp Cretaceous, maybe their goal was to be like, like in this world of like, you know, Claire and Owen are off doing this. Like, let's make them not wonder about that. Let's make them care about the mm-hmm. kids and their journey. Yeah. Which I think they, you know, they, that's what these first two episodes are doing. For sure. And I love that they're, they're like giving out this little information. Uh, like the kids are asking about the herd and stuff like that. And they're getting vital information. And stuff yeah. that like I find really interesting is the fact that like, I think Roxy's the one who said it, like, the fact that they're herding these dinosaurs back to their nighttime pens like that that is such like a small detail but like something i love from this show is yeah. like you get oh i didn't know that they they put these things in nighttime you know pens or whatever like that's really cool like this is yeah. operating like a zoo and they're trying to do this the best they can um despite you know a lot of failings <laughs> throughout the uh the yeah park. yeah I, um other zoos yeah. have been more successful i mean <laughs> that is also that is also very true to life too because uh, I've done a, uh, I've done a behind the scenes tour of this safari park for my birthday one year, and they talked about how like seventy percent of the animals that are at at any of these parks are not even on display. Mm, like, yeah. <laughs> like what we're seeing is a small fraction <laughs> of what's there. So I love the idea that there's this whole dinosaur valley with brachiosaurs and cynoceratops mm-hmm. um, yeah. and stuff like that that we just don't even see, like because they're in like various phases of development or like. It, I mean, in, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but in, in more as you go on and covering the episodes, but sure. in a way, Camp Cretaceous is also filling in some gaps of like, where did all these mm. fallen king? Where were all these fallen kingdom dinosaurs? <laughs> know. You know, and, and this is the way to do it. Like, this is the way that I appreciate is is saying like, oh, they were in a different pen or something like that, not just like them showing up and being like, I don't know where these came from. Like, but uh, I appreciate this way of doing it. So it's good. Now we have it. So now the, the backstory's there. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's not important to it's not destroying the narrative of fallen kingdom no but it's sort of like it's just it's just that kind of 
<laughs> little bit of peace of mind. I think it's like it's like the Clone Wars, you know, it's like yeah, watching the Clone Wars and then you rewatch the prequels, you're not like Sifo Diaz, what's happening? You know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. Like you're not yeah. thinking about it's almost yeah, it's like that's a great way of putting it. You're almost like it's filling in answers to things that just won't annoy you when you go back and watch the original yeah, thing. Yeah, it makes things a lot better. Um, so we actually end up at uh, the camp again. It's nighttime. I actually love there's a lot of good banter here between like Darius and Kenji. You actually like you start to see that they're they're not they're they're not getting along, you know, they're button heads yeah. a lot. <laughs> um and uh, I think that that's when Darius decides to sneak out. I have some audio here uh, as far as yeah. uh, when Brooklyn decides to interrupt the two of uh, Darius and Kenji as they're they're planning some stuff. I think you best get your arm off me, friend. Oh, why don't you make me, friend? <laughs> so that's what toxic masculinity looks like. Uh, sorry we woke you. I... He was sneaking out, but I set him straight. Like, I, I try to look out for the younger kids. It's who I am. You guys don't understand. <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life to get here, and I'm gonna make the most of it. Those lights must be coming from the compi enclosure. I gotta check it out. Sure. Sneaking out to see dinosaurs in the dead of night. Mad danger getting caught. Great mood lighting. I guess that means we're going rogue. (laughs) (laughs) This reminded me, speaking of rewatching Lord of the Rings over the holidays, Uh, very little chance of success. What are we waiting for? You know, Gimli's like inspiring little bit, like right, yeah. right near the end of Return of the King. <laughs> I it's love interesting. it. Yeah, I've... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say to me, compies, that's why they're getting out. If they're in an open enclosure, it's like trying <laughs> to keep a bunch of cats in like a open, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it does, that doesn't make sense as far as like, like I would imagine a compi enclosure being more like, like the reptile house, you know, or yes, something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, it would have to be. But like they don't that. know. No, no, I mean, they're Dar- just like, Darius. Probably's never been to a zoo before. <laughs> Poor Darius. Um, I, I just love what this show is doing with these characters, and and uh, you know. Whether it's inclusion or just like talking about certain things, I love what this show's doing. Like as far as you know, bringing out certain elements from these characters, toxic masculinity, and like showcasing yeah, yeah. stuff like that. It's really cool that they're they're kind of like you know bringing this stuff out in in something that could just be deemed like a kids show. You know, they're actually like discussing things, and 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 I like that. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, and the character types aren't like Kenji's not really a jock. He's like the, you know, I, I mm-hmm. like that the sort of, you know, the breakfast, the breakfast club archetypes are sort of, it's almost like they were, because it feels like any show with like, you know, a certain amount of character dynamics are kind of mm-hmm. broken into the breakfast club archetypes. The, um, you know, the, the weirdo, the, the preppy, like popular girl, the jock, yeah. the nerd, what am I, and the athlete, right? Is I don't know. Other one? In, or no, no, in, in I this, guess he's the jock. But in this in this show, um, he said he said Barfy. That was one of the adjectives. <laughs> yeah. Barfy. That is one yeah. of the one of the archetypes, yeah. Barfy. <laughs> um but you know, I, I like that they're kind of like a they're more modern and uh, to me a more true to life mm-hmm. version, you know, where it's like I don't know, growing up for me, like you know, I was mostly just friends with other nerds, but you still mm-hmm. have these kind of dynamics, but they feel more realistic and subtle. Like it, it, I don't know if it's just the times we live in, but Ben is, I feel like because of the world we're living in now, Ben is not as annoying as he could be, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. And I think it's in the second episode, but the hand sanitizer thing, yeah, I was like, I well, that's prescient. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know. Um, I, I just love, you know, that these characters are struggling. They're not just, you know, like you're saying, these archetypes or whatever. They're, they're actually struggling with a lot of stuff. And uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But it, but in this moment, they, they decide to go out to the compi pen, uh, which turned out <laughs> to be a uh, raptor paddock. And, uh yeah, they jump in and uh, Blue shows up and, and, you know, scares the life out of Kenji. Luckily, there's a gate there for a second. Uh, Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn's <laughs> the one who, like, hits the wrong button and the, the fence opens up. And Darius is like, I'm going to distract him with some pipe fog or something. And it's a, it's a very awesome, like, 
uh, cliffhanger moment. The episode ends. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was cool. I, I like this moment, and I, I think you brought it up at some point, uh, the Raptors. And, you know, how do you fit the Raptors in here? I love the lighting and everything here. It's pretty pretty beautiful. Everything looks really cool. Um, sure, you don't get, like, yeah, a huge I, glimpse, but, like, it looks cool. No, it's it's a great scene. And any any reservations I have about it are almost in a way of, like, this was good, but the show gets even better. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like, it's kind of nice that it's like the show can kind of stand on its own. It's like, I understand that they probably wanted to bring blue in at some point, mm-hmm. And this felt like the most natural way. And I think the sequence has done well and stuff, you know? So I, any complaints I have are pretty like minor, you know, they're more yeah. of like, again, the pickier lore type stuff. I, I can, you know, where this is in relation to the camp and, you know, all that stuff, you know, is whatever. Yeah. But, as a scene, it's like great. It's it's again, it's feels real to what how kids would be like. I mean, you know, they're I mean, it's never happened when I've been at a zoo, but, you know, it's <laughs> just, you know, you see people you, you do hear of it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's it's not uncommon for somebody to climb into an animal cage. Sure. Like, and they, it's they... not. <laughs> not to give them too much credit but they think it's a compy cage like so they're like yeah it's of course not too bad i don't know who dieter stark is like you know? drop kick a compy <laughs> yeah you know? uh, <laughs> just need a blanket you know? I, all i need is a blanket and i can just throw it over him and it's all good um uh, but yeah. yeah that that brings us to the end of that that episode do you have any final thoughts before we uh head out of here no i think the fi- i think the i think the first episode you know, rewatching it. I mean, this is probably the fourth time or something like that. Yeah. I'm just really struck at how, I mean, again, for lack of a better, you know, of a less punny word, uh, clever. The first episode is, I think it really is. I guess I'm just, I'm seeing more of like what it wants to achieve. And I think it does it so well. And yeah, I think again, really what we're thinking about is the kids. We're not thinking yeah. about, you know, and I think maybe putting blue in there, it's almost that thing of like, well, let's get blue in here so we can get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like you're now you're 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 really hyper invested in these kids because you're like, oh my god, blue's about to eat, you know, blue's about to eat Darius, you know, uh, and Kenji. So it's like we we are immediately we know the threat, you know. Yeah. If you've seen Jurassic World and then see Camp Cretaceous, it's like you know the threat. So it's like, in a way, I think then it, having blue was really smart because it, it means I'm hooked. Uh, you know, second yeah. episode is already playing in Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've skipped the credits. You know, and it happens faster and faster with these uh, these credit sequences on Netflix these days. So, yeah. oh my god, it's like <laughs> you don't have time to stop. It's like, well, no, wait, I want to go to the bathroom. I want to. <laughs> I know. Go uh, to the drink. All right, so uh, let's head out of here. Uh, where can everybody find you online if they want to? At Stephen Ray Morris on all the things um, and see Jurassic Right podcast. Check it out. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to find us over on JurassicParkPodcast.com. Find us over on Twitter at JurassicParkPod, on Instagram at JurassicParkPodcast, and on Facebook as well. Please subscribe to us over on YouTube and follow us on all major podcasting platforms. Thanks, everybody. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.